0: Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Moves Us, and I'm your host, Emma Bolzner. Today I will be talking about Back to the Future for its 35th anniversary, and with me virtually uh, is my good friend, Christina. Hello! So for those of you who haven't seen this film, Marty McFly accidentally time travels 30 years into the past and has to find a way to return to present day before disappearing from life itself. The movie is directed by Robert Zemeckis and produced by Steven Spielberg, and was one of the biggest blockbusters of the 1980s. It stars Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, and Leah Thompson. So, Christina, what do we think of Back to the Future?
1: I really liked it. I only saw it recently for the first time, um, which was weird because it's such a big like cultural phenomenon, Um, and I really liked it. It was like really funny. I thought the plot moved really well. Um, there's some, like, you know, problematic 1980s parts, but it's the 80s, so they didn't know any better. Yeah, it's it's one of those films where
0: the movie, like, itself is more known than the actual actors. Like, you don't really think of Michael J. Fox anymore, you just think of the poster
1: yeah I don't even know who played the doctor. I've no clue.
0: <laughs> yeah well we can we can talk about their problematic relationship too in a bit, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think um, I think what holds it up and makes it such a big movie is really the the plot because there wasn't really any time traveling film before this because they couldn't do it without tech the technology, without CGI, which was only starting being used in the late
1: uh 70s. Yeah. I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, so
0: there wasn't really any um there was this really old one from the 60s that I looked up. Um but it was like it's very hokey. <laughs> so the idea <laughs> of time traveling and also um a lot of people think Spielberg directed this movie, but he only produced it. But a lot of his yeah. movies um like Close Encounters of the 3rd Kind and E.T. is really surrounded at the idea of like you know um aliens or another world and then like the third dimension which is obviously used in back to the future so he's obviously a big nerd for that
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah or even like one of the first spielberg movies i ever saw was his like adaptation of the adventures of ten ten which was like the silly like kids comic book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: love that one. Not the cartoon. Movie. That's so good. That's actually on Netflix now. That should be our
1: next one. But, but yeah, I love that one. It's so good the story. Yeah. But it's like it's cool to see him like dive into these worlds that are so unbelievable but like set in the real world. Yes. Yeah. And
0: they always he always seems to have a character where you can relate to them like it's kind of like an everyman like in Jaws it's um Chief Brody who's like afraid of the water and then there's um like well I guess not an Indiana Jones he's like very spectacular kind of person but in like Marty McFly is very you know like a kind of every teenage guy so he kind of and and also with um catch me if you can there's always some like you kind of feel this like connection to the character yeah um so what do you think like obviously the cgi is pretty old like when uh there's a bit of a spoiler here but at the end of the film we're gonna be jumping around anyways uh when his he's like starting to disappear from from the universe his yeah. hand is like see-through and the cgi it's so early in this <laughs> stage it looks so funny yeah but do you think the other parts of it kind of balance it out so it, it holds up in different ways
1: yeah i think and honestly like relatively speaking the cgi isn't that bad for the yeah. 80s like i was watching the original star wars trilogy recently and some of that cgi is bad <laughs> like, I love the Star Wars trilogy, but wow, (laughs) I think it's, like, yeah, but I think, like, honestly, even nowadays, I'm really into movies with, like, practical effects, and so I think the use of the DeLorean, like, the car, um, and even the whole scene with, like, the bell tower and the doctor trying to Hook all the wires up to the clock tower during the lightning storm. Like, I think that those bits hold up, like the action yeah. in those bits, as long and drawn out as they can feel at times, like, I think it holds up better.
0: Like, a little bit. I found that scene a bit too much when he was like, Doc was climbing up and then it wouldn't go together and yeah. then he's sliding down to the clock tower and then it's like oh is he gonna make it back to nineteen eighty but that I was found a bit dragged on too long but it's yeah. it's Spielberg it has to have some suspense but I think um that's what also um like the suspense but also the fact that there's so much at stake for the character that that's why it also really holds up and you just kind of forget about some of the bad effects because it's like you're like oh you really you really root for him
1: yeah, definitely. And you also, like, really root for his dad, who initially you think is just going to be the throwaway, like, nerdy loser dad. And then when he goes back in time, spoiler, and you get to know his dad as a teenager around his age, you really care about him and you want him to succeed. <laughs> He's just a,
0: I don't even know how Marty is his son. Like, It's very strange. I love the line when, when uh, Marty is trying to coax him into asking his mom out on a date and he's like god I can't believe I was even able to be born Like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, just the idea <laughs> this guy can't even ask someone out like how did he even get married but or I love when the I think the dialogue is the best part like at the beginning of the film when um we all think that Lorraine who is Marty McFly's mother she always acts like this you know, virgin, virgin kind of woman who is like didn't sell herself, and she's like this perfect nun, like. And then when he goes to the into the past, we realize that she she was like crazy for guys, and she she was not what she <laughs> pretends to be now. And I love the line when her daughter uh says well how am I supposed to meet anybody she and and he's she's like oh it will just happen like it happened with me and my father and then the daughter's like that was so stupid Grandpa <laughs> yeah. with the car <laughs> like the, just the dialogue because <laughs> it's true like the the way I think uh, Marty McFly made their meet cute even better than how it was in oh, the that past <laughs> that was just strange uh, what did you think about um, Biff, the, the main... Because there's actually, there's two antagonists in this film. There's obviously Biff, and then there's the time, which, you know, time is not on Marty
1: McFly's side. <laughs> Ooh, that's deep. Um, <laughs> yeah, because Biff is, like, your stereotypical high school bully, and I mean, like, you know, it's the age-old trope, again, spoilers of, like, you know, oh, like, the nerd overcomes the bully, and then when they're adults, like, the bully is working for the nerd, and, you know, washing his car, and, like, fetching his newspaper, or whatever, um, so it's, like, you know, it's, like, pretty, like, entrenched in, like, the tropes of, like, high school characters, um, but Biff, like, he takes it one step further, because he, like, bully is attempting to commit sexual assault like multiple times throughout the movie and you're like whoa this isn't a funny bully anymore at the <laughs> beginning, you know
0: he's just kind of like this creep like 50 year old or whatever 45 year old guy that's drinking and driving and 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 when um like he has this air to him that's just like asshole <laughs> but um but then i just wish he had more of a bit of a development because he's very flat like he's just like the the nasty guy and then all of a sudden he like. He's just, you know, beaten by George in the end of the film. And then we don't really see what happens to him from 1955 to 1985. And then when we go back to 1985, it's like he's like this like goody two shoes. And it's like what happened in those 30 years? Like did that big prom really change him? Like (laughs) that big punch in the
1: nose? (laughs) Yeah, like, Marty's dad punching him one time just made him fall from being the worst, like, bully in the school to being a, yeah. uh, like, do whatever other people tells him to. It's also, like, it's, it's so interesting, the, like, the scene when, because when we first meet Biff and he's, like, getting, I don't even know what Marty's dad's job is originally. Yeah. He's, like, working doing for him. something to do with money for Biff. Um, and Biff is, like, oh, yeah. like, you're gonna get this done. Yeah, and the dad's, like, oh, I'll get it done tonight. And he's, like, knocks on his head and does the whole, like, knock, knock, anybody home? And, and then fly, you go back to high school. Fly, Your fly's
0: untied.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then you go back to high school and realize that he's the exact same person and has been, like, literally their dynamic has been the exact same for 30 years and they still talk to each other the same. It's, like, really? And he says, <laughs>
0: and he says... What are you looking at, Butthead? I'm like, you're a 50-year-old man. <laughs> you use that terminology. <laughs> and he's very, he's very flat, but I think that's what kind of makes us like Marty more, cause it's like you kinda hate this guy. And you yeah. just really want George to redeem himself and like be have the courage to stand up for himself, which he never did before Marty time traveled. Yeah
1: and marty's also like by far the most interesting character in the movie because he has like more than one personality Not trait just
0: weak mean and timid <laughs> yeah. i don't even know what lorraine would be i don't know she's just kind of there <laughs> hanging out <laughs> wanting to go to the enchantment under the sea
1: that's her whole goal in life uh, yeah that's right.
0: her whole goal Uh, I thought there was a good transition from when he first gets into the DeLorean and accidentally time travels. From there, they were first in this big mall, like um, parking lot of a mall. And then the transition from 30 years in the past and he's driving and it's like farmland and how his house hasn't yeah. even been built yet. And I never even think of that, but it's true. Like, all these developments of houses and malls really only began in, I think, the 70s. And so there wasn't even... I wouldn't even think of that, but we can all see ourselves kind of in those shoes of, like, we don't even know what it would be like without, you know, our familiar yeah. places. And I thought that kind of alienation was very helpful. And I also thought that the... Um, the transition from like the you know classic 80s tunes like Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the news and then the transition to when he's walking into the town and it's like Mr. Sandman it just really kind of sets the tone for the film of how the different the different decades I don't know now it would be us going back to the 80s so they'd have to play like a song from now and then I don't know what song, and then in 19, we'd be going back to, like,
1: 1989 or something, and it would be, like, this really different song. Gosh, could you imagine if, like, somebody from... Because I know that, like, the whole second movie's thing is they go to, like, 2015. Could you imagine if somebody time-traveled to 2020? I know, a well, disappointment. Like, can you, be, like, <laughs>
0: you finally got the time-travel machine to work the DeLorean. You're like, yeah, I can't wait to see what the world and what great people are out there, and then it's like nobody is even walking the streets. <laughs> And you have to quickly get some plutonium, but you can't because none of the stores are open and everybody's dying. Like, it's it's not a joke. That's not funny to laugh, but I'm laughing. But that would suck. So people from like 30 years ago, please don't come to 2020 or even I don't even think it's I don't even think it's worth to come after this 2020. Like, I don't think it's going uphill from here. So if you need to come stop at 2019. (laughs) I think that's the best. (laughs) Did you find, um, since you had never seen the movie before, did you find it predictable?
1: I found, like, I mean, obviously the ultimate ending was predictable of, like, him getting home in the end. Like, you knew Marty wasn't going to disappear, and also I knew that there were two more movies, so I knew that Marty wasn't going to, like, disappear from existence, um, and I knew he was going to make it back home. Um, I... I had a feeling that the doc was gonna live, um, because, you know, like, when he gets, like, quote-unquote shot at the beginning, um, like, you know they have to find some way for him to live, but I knew, like, very little about the movie other than that, like, John Mulaney bit where he talks about Back to the Future, so I expected there to be significantly more time travel. Like, I thought that it was gonna be one of those movies where Marty, like, keeps going into the past and, like, messing up, and so then he has to go, like, farther back into the past to try to, like, stop himself from messing stuff up or something, or he was going to, like, actually succeed in, like, making it back, like, five minutes earlier than when the dog got shot to, like, save him or something. Like, I, I didn't realize that so much of it was going to be about, like, trying to get him back and him like stuck in the one time I thought it was going to be like this constant like loop of time travel of trying to go back like 20 minutes to stop himself from like doing the thing that messed everything up 20 minutes later or something I see that's
0: really cool that that's kind of like I don't know if you've seen it but what you're talking about that that there's a movie called about time with um which is kind of it's like a romantic film yeah okay you've seen it so that that's what that's kind of like and I wonder if um, they took a little bit of Back to the Future and kind of because what I like about about time, not to get off track here, but um, that the time travel isn't even the main part of the movie. Like there's so much other yeah. complex stuff, and I also like that in the end he stops time traveling because like, he realizes that. Uh, well, there's other things, but he realizes that he can't keep um, you know making mistakes and then. And then going back and changing them like that's not life you have to make mistakes in order to grow and i really like that obviously this doesn't happen yeah. to to the, these movies because they're sequels with back to the future so i don't know if he ever yeah. learns from his mistakes i've never seen the other two and i'm not planning on it either
1: i was just going to say that i actually was like thinking about about time um while watching back to the future because like obviously like as you said this was like one of the first if not the first like time travel movies Um, so they didn't, like, think about as, like, deeply what time travel could mean as they do in, like, About Time. But I know in that one, um, like, spoiler for About Time, but he realizes that he can't, like, go back to before his kid was born, because if he, like, changes anything, then it, like, you know, has the butterfly effect where, like, his kid is a different kid. Um, and so it was, like, a little bit, you know, of, like, an easy way out and a little bit weird that his, like brother and sister were the exact same people despite having been apparently raised in like a totally different environment and like with parents who are totally different like no 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 his siblings and him like they're exactly the same don't even worry about it yeah
0: yeah that makes sense and also um with about time is as much as he wants to go back because he wants to see his his now deceased father but he realizes that he can't go back or he'll he won't have the same child which i also thought was really interesting whereas in this in this um back to the future when he comes back he doesn't even notice that anything is different until he wakes up the next day and like you know their design of their house is so different apparently because george punches biff that 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 changes everything you know the his siblings have a great job the mother's okay the, yeah the mother's okay with him dating this girl i forget her name but and they're gonna go up to the lake in this big car and and, you know, George becomes this famous writer and he has his face on the back of a book, which really bugs me. I don't like when authors do that. But, I mean, obviously his book is really good. And did you notice that on the cover of the, the book, um, uh, this is going to f- be hard to explain, but on the cover of the book, it's this like um, yellow kind of alien in this yellow suit. And if you've seen the movie... Uh when Marty is trying to convince George to go to the dance with his 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 mom, his would-be mom, he dresses up in a yellow suit to convince him to go and be like, I am I am forcing you to go. And I just thought that was interesting that his own son inspired him. Well, he didn't know it was his own son, but his
1: own son ends up inspiring yeah. his his novel. Can I just say my biggest issue with the movie, other than like, you know, the racism, is the fact that his parents don't like realize later on that their son looks exactly like the kid who they met in high school i know and they name him marty and they still name him marty it's like how do you not realize that this kid literally looks identical to the guy who you like met for two days in high school i know
0: maybe they got like some maybe mr sandman came and like put them to sleep or something (laughs) Yeah, they were just like, no, we must be misremembering, and then they forgot all about it. I that's also that's another yeah. My favorite part definitely is the dialogue, and and not to dwell on it too much, but I also love that ending scene w- when he's about to go back to 1985 and he wants to say goodbye to his parents, and he says, and this is definitely what I would do if I happened to see my parents. Like, you know, you have a big mistake you do when you're a kid and your family never forgets it. And he says, uh, oh, and if you have a seven-year-old son in the future and he accidentally lights, you know, the carpet on fire, go easy on him. And I just find that so perfect because we've all done something when we were a kid and we just always get razzed for it when we're older. And I just think that's so great that he wanted to bring it up with him finally doing something for himself. After helping them, he he wanted to get something out of it too, yeah. <laughs> and I also Marty's a good yeah, guy. I also like. Um, when he's at his mom's house which is also very uncomfortable but the his grandpa is so funny and when he's asking when Marty's asking for directions you know for a a street that that Doc lives on he's like oh that's John F. Kennedy Street and and these are all things we wouldn't even think of not saying and the guy's like well who's John F. Kennedy because it's only 1955 or uh, when he's watching TV. Yeah. Oh, I've seen this episode. It's a rerun. And imagine now with Netflix and with everything else, we'd we'd even sound worse than them because we'd be like, oh, I've seen that on my computer. And they're like, what's a computer? Like, it would be even worse. Yeah. And I also like the... Um, there's all this good, like, foreshadowing at the beginning of the film. We see this, like, cake of um, a bird in a jail and it's like, oh, Uncle Blah 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 is in jail yes. again. And then... <laughs> And or he's not he's hasn't been let out of jail yet and and then we uh, when he goes to the the past he uh, the his grandma is like oh uncle I'm just gonna call him Jim because I don't know uncle Jim never wants to get out of his like is it called a pen like a a playpen, yeah, like playpen and and the then brown. Marty goes up to this like two year old kid and it's like better get used to those bars kid like that writing is very interesting <laughs> I wonder if the brother really. Funny moment yeah I wonder if the brother ends up still going to jail even though everything's changed I think he does
1: <laughs> apparently no one else's lives were affected other than like Biff and Marty's parents <laughs> one thing I do kind of find
0: a bit weird with this film I know we've said there's a lot of weird things but there's also so much good but I always find it strange that he Marty who's considered to be this I don't know cool skateboarder dude who's like wearing jean on jean I don't know if that's still a look I hope not but uh, he I don't know why he's friends <laughs> with Doc like I'm just trying to imagine like he's like a 17 year old boy hanging out with like a 60 year old man I'm gonna assume and it's yeah. like I don't know if my parents would be okay with me like going to Doc's after school and hanging out he's my only friend <laughs> with some 60-year-old crazy man that's lived in
1: the town for ages. (laughs) And then he sneaks out with him in the parking lot at, like, 3 (laughs) a.m. Yeah. No, and I know that, like, I mentioned this when you and I were just, like, watching the movie, but... All I could think about was that John Mulaney bit where he was talking about, like, how weird the pitch for this movie must have been, where they were like, yeah, so there's a teenage kid and he's best friends with a disgraced astrophysicist. No, we don't explain it. Like, they never explain how these two met, how they became, like, best friends. Yeah, I think
0: there should have been some backstory. Like, where did he meet him? Like, just on his jogging runs every day after school, I guess while he's while he's on the back of a car hanging off with his skateboard maybe he met him there
1: yeah maybe he accidentally like grabbed onto the doc's car and they've been best buds ever since like who knows we'll never know apparently i would have liked to see this movie being
0: pitched by uh robert zemeckis he wrote it as well and i i, I would have liked to be in that conference and hear how he pitched this film I think
1: it would have been very interesting. Because even, like, as you sort of mentioned already, like, the movie is, like, genuinely really funny. Like, it's got a lot of, like, really, really funny moments, but also the plot is just bonkers. Like, how did it get greenlit? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I don't
0: know. So do you think that, like, this could be one of the most rewatchable films? That's why it's kind of, you know, been so famous for so long and held up?
1: Yeah, I think it's, like, it's a good one to rewatch because it's a, got a really good combination of moments that are, like, genuinely good movie moments and, like, genuinely good, like, comedic bits and also moments that are, like, so bad they're good to laugh yeah, at. Yeah, like,
0: when when he goes into a coffee shop and he's just wearing a vest and... No one had vests, I guess, in 1955. And the guy's like, what, did you just jump ship? Like, why are you wearing a life preserver? Like, these are things I would never even consider. Like, can you imagine I go back and I'm like wearing leggings and they're like, why aren't you in your poodle skirt? Like, I can't imagine wearing, I don't think there was any casual clothes. It was just like poodle skirt every day
1: and suit and tie. (laughs) I think like it's, it's definitely, like, one of those, like, ideal movies to watch with a group of friends because it's, like, it's got a lot of stuff to talk about, obviously. Like, it's not just, like, I don't know, like, a one-note, like, simple movie, but it's also really silly and weird. Yeah, and I <laughs> hope I hope that
0: uh, even though there has been sequels, I hope that they don't remake this movie because that seems to be the the new appeal right now in Hollywood is just to remake things or, like, you know, take a lot of things. And I really hope they don't do this because I just don't think it would really work. I think it's perfect for how it's from the 80s and the 50s. I wouldn't really want to see something from 2010 to 1980. I think it works. Oh, no. Yeah, I think... Because I, I, once the internet comes, everything changes. And and um, this... this yeah. yeah. So did you find that the movie... Oh, because this is our last judgment. Um, Did you find that Back to the Future moved you or not? Um,
1: I mean, honestly, genuinely, it did a little bit. It it wasn't like, you know, like it was definitely more comedic than it was emotional. But um, the, again, spoilers, the scene where Marty's about to go back in time and he keeps trying to warn the doc, like, that he gets, like, shot to death and... Uh, in the nineteen eighties, right before uh, Marty time travels, and the dog just like keeps not listening to him, and he like initially rips up the letter that Marty's written him. Like I was genuinely really sad. I didn't want the dog to die. We would followed him throughout the whole movie. Yeah, I, I
0: think it definitely uh, moved me. Maybe not this time when watching it, but when I watched it when I was a kid, some of it I don't know why, but it's always stuck with me. Maybe I maybe I secretly Marty McFly or relate to him somehow. I've just always. Um, really love this film, and even though I know what's gonna happen, and you know I know all the ins and outs of it, I just always find it like so exciting, especially at the end, the suspense. I'm always like, oh, I know he's gonna get back to 1985, but it's just like that moment of like, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? Is this the time yeah. where Doc messes up for good? Like, there's always like I wouldn't say it moves me like I'm crying. Like we're gonna do some uh, movies in the future where you know they they tend to be sad, but. Uh, it doesn't always have to move you, like, emotionally, it can be a different way, too. Yeah,
1: definitely. It definitely
0: moves me as with, like, laughing, and I've, like, I've quoted enough now, I'm not going to do any more, but somehow those those quotes <laughs> just always have stayed in my brain. <laughs> so yeah. what what is, like, um, since this was kind of, like, one of the biggest blockbusters of, Uh, the 1980s, obviously, of 1985. Was there another, like, big um, 1980s film that started using CGI or a different way of um, uh, saying a story that you really enjoyed as well that you've seen before?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think because I, I don't know how many movies I've seen from the 80s. My parents are, like, very much not like big movie buffs and so any movies they showed me were either like yeah. current kids movies or like movies that they watched in the 60s when they were children um but uh, oh man see now i'm gonna show how little i know about actual movies but like i watched the um the original star wars trilogy recently and i think that like wraps up in the 80s I think they were like making at least one of those in the 80s um and I really really liked those movies um and one of the reasons was like I honestly think that movies yeah that one okay yeah nice that was like late 70s early 80s cool um I I what I really liked about the Star Wars trilogy was I thought it did a really good job of balancing like practical effects and CGI um especially because I didn't know this but um There's a lot of, like, Jim Henson puppets used in the original Star Wars trilogy, which is so cool. I think that movies need to go back to the use of, like, really cool, elaborate puppets because there are a lot of times where, like, the puppetry and just, like, the practical sets and, like, set pieces in the Star Wars trilogy are so much cooler looking than the CGI. Like, I think that they do a good job of balancing it. And I know that's, like, a reason a lot of the people, like... A lot of people hate the original trilogy because it's, like, so CGI. Or not the original trilogy, sorry, the prequel trilogy of Star Wars because it's, like, so CGI heavy. But I like, I think it's, like, it's, and even nowadays, honestly, I think CGI is, like, better when it is used in moderation. As opposed to, like, watch this movie that was filmed entirely in front of a green screen.
0: Yeah, and I, I also find that um, CGI is so overused now since Jurassic Park, I think, that it also kind yeah. of, I find it overused now. I almost liked it better when kind of, you kind of knew that the things were fake because now it's just like actors... You know, acting in front of a tennis ball and you can totally tell they're acting in front of a tennis ball. And it's like, I'd rather see like, you know, uh, for example, Jaws, the shark never worked properly. It was this animatronic shark and they were going to have the shark more in the film, but it kept crashing and not working. And I think it's better that the shark was less in the film because, like, a lot of good kind of suspense horror films, it's better to not see the antagonist and only show it when, you know, there's, like, a really important scene. Because I feel like if they had shown the shark, I kind of would have been like, oh, that's what it looks like. But we only see it till the very end of the film. Oh, and absolutely. I think that makes it so much better because now they give it all the, all away. Like, if you've seen the recent, you know, Jurassic World... Uh, films are, I don't really like those kind of films, but it's just like, oh, well, there's the dinosaur. Like, oh, and it's, I kind of like the mystery. Um, and I was going to say, uh, it's not really a big blockbuster film, but I really like the film, uh, Little Shop of Horrors from the eighties. I think it's 1986. And it stars Rick Moranis. And the singing is really good. And it is a musical. But there's some gory parts to it. I mean, Steve Martin is in it. It's so funny. But the plan is obviously animatronic. It's not even CGI. It's obviously fake. But I still find it works like I still find it's kind of scary like it just works and I feel like now with if they remake it it's just going to be this like big scary gory plant thing and they're going to have to go 10 times beyond what they did 30 years ago and I'd just rather they kind of go back to some but I guess it takes more time because we all just use computers now but I kind of miss those or I also loved Ghostbusters when I was a kid
1: Yes, I would, I literally, as you were talking about Little Shop of Horrors, I was like, how did I not mention Ghostbusters? It's one of my favorite movies of I know, of all it, time. It, is, it
0: was one of mine too. But uh, yeah, Grade 3, I was so into Ghostbusters and Back to the Future. I don't know what I was going on, what kind of phase that was, but I loved Ghostbusters. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, oh, it was so good. And they also wrote it, which was so cool. But yes, there is CGI, like that big green blob ghost, but... Um, I guess they all always use CGI for that movie, but it's still kind of lovable. It's like cute CGI.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and even like, like Slimer, I think is the green dude and like, he looks pretty fake, but like he, they, they don't like, he's supposed to be a joke. Like he's never like the serious ghost in the movie. He's like the comedic relief ghost, but like for the big final boss ghost when they have to fight the giant Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, like that's practical effects. Like that's a puppet so it looks a lot better and it feels a lot more real or those those
0: little monster like dog things that are crawling up to sigourney weaver and rick moranis those are like animatronics i think i but i was gonna just say that that green did you call him slimer that ghost slimer he was actually
1: his name
0: is Slimer. yeah he was based off of john belushi which is really funny I don't know if you ever ever watch SNL, but that that's I don't know if that's yeah. an insult. I don't know if I'd want to be based off slime, <laughs> but it worked. I was I guess. just to say
1: even like when you were saying about Little Shop of Horrors, and honestly, even with like Back to the Future, um because you know as we mentioned, like one of the like inciting incidents at the beginning is Doc gets like shot a bunch of times. Um, but I think, and obviously, like, I'm also, like, partly biased because I'm, like, really, really squeamish when it comes to, like, gore and blood and such in movies. Um, but I honestly think that movies are a lot scarier and a lot more effective when they use, like, suspense and fear without showing a lot of blood. Um, like, no spoilers, but there's, like, a movie that came out recently that was, like, a big movie at the Oscars that is, like terrifying but only like gory at the very end of the movie and for like less than 10 minutes and but the rest of it is equally terrifying because the build-up to this like short amount of gore just like works to build suspense so well And I think that that's like, I don't know, I think that that's more effective.
0: Yeah, especially like when I said with Jaws or I don't like horror movies from now, uh, from the present day, like the last 10 years or even the last 20 years, they've all just shown and not kind of, they just kind of show for the audience. And our imaginations are stronger than... um, than what we see so i don't need to see you know a knife being stabbed into somebody i can just imagine like i don't need to see the blood coming out of his mouth like i know that that's gonna happen i'm not an idiot but also they need to show like you know someone's like head getting cut off or chopped off or whatever it's like i don't need to see that like that's what uh hitchcock was so famous for was like the master of suspense where he never he he never showed he just told and I think that is definitely way more effective. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, that's my tangent
1: about why I prefer practical effects and less CGI and blood.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? And that's, again, Back to the Future. If you guys don't like blood, you know, there's no blood in that one. <laughs> it's probably why I love it so much. Yeah, well, i
1: like, I can understand because, like, I, at first I was, like, surprised that you had seen it when you were a kid because I feel like, you know... There are moments that, like, absolutely would have gone over my head as a kid, but also there's nothing, like, overtly inappropriate to be showing a kid in Back to the Future. Like, there's no gore. You never actually see anybody have sex. It's, you know. I think when
0: when Biff does try to, you know, now I obviously know that that's rape, but at the time I probably just thought he wanted to kiss her. Like, when I was eight, I probably didn't really understand. I, I don't even think I noticed that cafeteria scene where he's, like, trying to grope her. Like, I don't even think that I was just, like focused on marty i think if marty was the one if was the sexual assaulter it would have been much worse like i would have definitely been more aware of it but i think it's because it's like a, a subtle kind of thing and it's a secondary character okay well that's our judgment for back to the future and ghostbusters little shop of horror's jaws and the star wars trilogy we talked about a lot of oh and about time we talked about a lot today i want to thank christina for coming on the show yeah
1: thanks for having me it was really fun
0: and thank you for listening